Hello and welcome to another episode of Tops. I'm your host, Ben Gardner. Today on the show, we have Robin Skies. He's a musician, a mixing engineer, and a very controversial TikToker. Robin, welcome to the show. Hey. <laughs> so I, <laughs> that was a great, that was a great little, uh, little start. Uh, yeah. I found you on TikTok where I've been finding some, some more recent guests and, um, I saw that you were a musician and then I also saw that you were getting, uh, kind of beaten up, I would say virtually by just hordes of people that, that were very upset with what you were saying. Uh, and I thought it was funny because I didn't think it was that controversial, but, uh, that, that's kind of why I wanted to have you on to, uh, to talk about some of that. But before we get into that, tell me a little bit about um, you musically. So when did you start doing uh, creating music and and mixing and why do you do it? Okay. Um, So I uh, I come from a very musical family. Um, uh, No, no one in the like family has done anything particularly all that like grand on a global scale, but like. My dad was in a touring band in Ontario. They almost got signed. My my grandmother um, uh, has uh, produced uh, her own musicals that have like played in theaters in Vancouver, where we're from. Um, and I I guess I was exposed to it at a young age. I always wanted to do something with it. And then um, I in high school I joined a contemporary arts program at. Uh, at my high school and um, from then on out I, I just kind of became obsessed with it I ha- I've had a lot of different uh, iterations of my music in regards to like at one point I was a Christian hip-hop artist like terribly cringe uh, one of the worst decisions I've ever made and uh, the name of that artist will never be released to the public but oh, no uh, <laughs> no that's never gonna happen but um, yeah over time I just kind of I found my way, and then in 2018, I, I landed on Robin's Skies, and then, um, yeah, it's just been that way ever since. So we need to talk about the most important thing about what you just said, which was that you were a Christian hip-hop artist. How <laughs> how much, like, how long were you doing this? Did you ever release anything? Oh. Yeah, I released, like, three EPs and an album, uh, and it <laughs> like and it, it lasted for... Uh, probably about a year okay like from 2017 to 2018 um nothing like i never ended up on any major whatever like like rapzilla which is like the the christian equivalent of like uh, I don't know, some sort of xxl hip-hop mag mm-hmm. right they never really like featured any of my music but i made a lot of friends in that industry um that i'm still friends with today who are doing really cool things um some of them are working like, I mean, if you're a Christian, you know, these names, but some of them have worked with Lecrae mm-hmm. or Ruslan or, um, you know, uh, DJ Michael V or whatever, however you, the hell you pronounce that guy's name. <laughs> um, but I was always kind of, I, I felt, I never felt right in that space. Like mm-hmm. I'm awkward. I'm white. So like, I don't <laughs> have the, I don't have the natural swagger necessary for it. Yeah. And um, my faith was always something that was very um shaky so i felt mm-hmm. kind of like a liar writing about the stuff i was writing about considering i i don't even think that i really believed in it fully so did it help you at all do you think with your faith or did it make it worse because of that situation oh worse yeah way worse yeah because yeah i mean i i went to bible college for four years right so like when you 
when you're in a place where you're shaky on this subject, right? Your your faith is is um is is not as strong as it should be, and then you put into an environment where everybody else's faith is is seemingly very strong, right. like at least on the outside. Um, it kind of forces you to go into a pressure cooker and 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 try to perform and show everybody that you're a part of the club and you're you're just as much of a part of the crew as they are and uh and if there's not that good foundation there it'll it'll make you really it'll burn you out and it'll make you question a lot of what you believe in to the point where you don't even want to engage with it anymore right and i can see too like a lot of writing music from my experience comes from like things that you feel passionately about so if you're struggling with something that you used to feel passionately about or it's kind of changed up writing all of that all of those lyrics you have to start writing about stuff that like you don't necessarily feel which puts you in yeah. a very awkward position yeah it's not it's not great um and it sucks too because like um art is meant to be critiqued and um but art is also a reflection of the person mm-hmm. so when i would put something out it would be critiqued and it was like i was being critiqued and I think it was particularly painful in that area, just con- considering how important faith is. I think for most people, um, it's a it's a it's a it's a weird thing. So it's like it's like can they can they see that I, you know, blah 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 blah. Um, am I a fraud, big imposter syndrome? And then I I thought, nah, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm gonna make different music, and uh, I've been doing that since. So there you go. So what did you eventually switch to? What kind of uh, genre would you say your music fits into? I have no clue, man. Um, <laughs> I've had uh, I've had people tell me that I sound uh, like um, uh, Khalid. I've had people tell me that I sound yep. like James Blake. I've had tell me that I sound like Joji. Um, so I guess sort of this maybe indie pop, uh, indie pop R and B, a little bit of emo in there. So oh, I think sure. I think I think that's a much more accurate representation of who I am. Sure. I mean, the edge of emo too, just. It, it kind of wraps everything up in a nice edgy bow, doesn't it? Yeah, I love emo, man. It's like my favorite <laughs> genre. I was, uh, I'm not huge into uh, kind of that section of music. Obviously, I listen to Khalid and Joji, but um, some of that I'm, I'm unfamiliar with. But the funniest thing, and I'm not super familiar with him, but the funniest thing that I've seen recently from that kind of sector is uh, Machine Gun Kelly has been going on all of these interviews. And he's like, well... The people online say that I'm not emo enough, but I, I, I think I'm emo. And like, it's what, what's your take on all that stuff? Because he's been all over the Internet with all of that. Uh, he's very clearly. OK, so the thing that I, I, I have a love hate relationship with Machine Gun Kelly, because I, res- I appreciate the hustle and I respect someone who is capable of being a chameleon in this industry and is capable of just taking on whatever skin the, uh, the labels want to put on him. So that he can make money. Like I respect hustlers. Yeah. Um, I I however have an issue with a person who um who can't take the heat in like when they're doing it. Cause especially the like especially pop punk, especially emo, especially like metal, metal core, that kind of genre, it's very heavily gate kept because it mm-hmm. is kind of um it is generally a genre of weirdos and 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 air quotes in air quotes, losers and nerds and kind of those people that are on the fringes of society and to have like a six foot three, you know, generic, uh, attractive 
rich person appropriate that culture who also happens to be in a relationship with uh megan fox who is like the <laughs> pinnacle of of what every guy in the early 2000s wanted to be with right yep. have that guy walk into your space and be like i'm emo now like i understand why people are pushing back on it for sure but like i don't know like i wouldn't i wouldn't hate the guy if he just like if he just like whined less about it and just did what he wanted to do i think andy negative i don't know if you know andy negative I've not um, heard of him now. So Andy Negative is like from Ottawa. He makes music. He's um probably late twenties, maybe early thirties, but I don't want to throw him under the okay. bus. Um <laughs> and uh he he uh kind of he made like a song. It's like we are the princes and princesses of the Um so it's like a it's like I think not, I have heard that song. Yeah. So it's not very yeah. good. Um but he 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 got he got made fun of. Like people were like roasting him and they're like, This is fake. And instead of like, instead of like, just like whining and bitching and complaining, he like started making fun of them and doubled down and like was actually, and also was like really fun and like kind of kind to some of his haters. And he, he kind of just like used that fire for him to like make more content. And it wasn't just him like bitching and moaning. It was him like poking fun at them and having a good time about it. And much better way to handle yeah, that situation. It lasted for probably a couple of months at least. And then he ended up doing an interview with Anthony Fantano and mm-hmm. the whole narrative on him is like sw- switched and he's now, he's not a joke anymore. Like really? people, yeah, people like enjoy the guy. I like him. I don't like his music, but he seems cool. Right. I, I got nothing bad to say about him. So, um, you know, I think that's would have been a much smarter way to handle it. Uh, but you know, machine gun Kelly's got an ego. So, that's true. Yeah. It's almost like the doubling down is like where you have to go when you're in that situation. Like, uh, I love, uh, shit, what's his name? The bull cut prince. Uh, it's, uh, Oliver tree. Yes. So he, you know, he comes out as like this weirdo, but never for a second has he broken that character. Even when people are like, this guy's edgy and weird, but like not the right kind of weird, like all this criticism and he just consistently doubles down, doubles yeah. down. I don't think I've ever seen him just like relax and be himself ever because he's so committed to that character. Mm. And because of that, the amount of not only like that fringe appeal, which is much harder to get, but the popular appeal of like millions of people that listen to him every month is insane yeah. just because he stuck to it. He was never like out of that character for a second. And he never let any of the comments get to him. He was just like, this is exactly who I am. Whether or not that's true, which I'm sure it's just a character. But I mean, I there's doubling down. There's no way that that guy actually is just some like bull cut having psychopath who starts fights with everybody. No. Like, like, like that, oh, like that got to be a joke, because if it's not a joke, then I'm worried for him. So. <laughs> it's it's scary. Yeah, because yeah. it's. I think too, like the reason I think he's a character is because everything is so meticulously specific and on brand. And it's crazy to see that in something that looks so wild. But when you start breaking it down, you're like every single move he makes, every song he releases, all of the outfits, all the haircuts, everything is ridiculously on brand. There's not a single thing I've ever seen from him that was like, oh, like, look, this is him. Like when he was coming up in the music industry and like he was doing something different. It's like, no, no, no. You can't find shit on this guy until he's got a bowl cut. He's riding a massive scooter and he's trying to make out with young gravy's mom. Yeah. Like, consistent all the way through. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like it's like they purged everything that has ever existed before Oliver <laughs> Tree existed. I I'd be curious to see him do a Nardwar interview and just like see what Nardwar can pull oh, up. Yeah. Um, I, he maybe he's already done one. I'm sure he has. He's enough of a meme that I'm sure Nardwar probably has talked to him. But there's gotta yeah. be like there's gotta be some dirt on him somewhere. And if someone could find it, it'll be the FBI of the music industry. Hell yeah, yeah, dude! Like a a cringy like music video that he released, or like a weird song when he first started. Yeah, but listen, once you start blowing up, we're gonna get you the Oliver Tree package. We will purge all of the Christian hip hop of you off of the internet. Good. You'll be set. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, not like I haven't already done all of that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, not like I haven't gone out of my way. There's um yeah I uh, I still have some of the music up on Spotify, but it's under a, like it's under the name and only like close friends and family and like people who have been with me since that time know it and none of them mention it so i i think i'm good <laughs> that's amazing yeah i uh i'm no stranger to you know when you first start out and you start releasing stuff that then later on you're like i don't know that i want to be associated with that uh and and very similarly um, close friends will know that in uh, the beginning of college, I started this Instagram account with some friends where we would flip uh, water bottles and we called it to Flippa. But like we'd be around D.C., we'd like flip bottles in our like boxers, like weird, like fringe shit. And we grew this like following. We sold shirts and stickers and then it like fizzled out. But me and one of my best friends, Daniel, uh, still get recognized to this day for some of that really you know, five or six years later and um but it's it's so infrequent yeah. that like you feel like you're set like i've archived all the shit on the internet that we've released so that it's like put away and the other day we were at this rock climbing gym that he works at and there's this like really attractive blonde girl and she like walks over and she's like oh my god to flippa and we're like oh son of a bitch and then she looks at him and she's like oh my god Black to flip <laughs> It was so bad. Because you you know, you're like when you first start out, you do anything for attention, you're trying yeah. different things out, you don't really know where you are. And then when you start to kind of drill down on where you want to be and what you want to release, some of that early shit, you're like, Yeah, I, I need to get rid of this. Yeah. It's not good. Dude, there's um throughout this whole controversy I've been in, people have like been commenting in comment sections about old takes that I had made like two years prior. That no like way. I took down because I was like, oh, you know what? These aren't good takes. Like these, these aren't these right. aren't things that I stand behind. Or the way that I argued this wasn't very good. And they'll the, they're still in the comments like, oh, I remember when he said this. How horrible! I'm like, I know it's horrible. I took it down for a reason. <laughs> like, can you guys? <laughs> There's leave a reason me it's not there anymore. Yeah, please yeah. leave me the fuck alone. Oh, pardon me. Sorry. Leave me the flip alone. I don't know if I can swear on this, but um, you can. Yeah, oh, that's that's Jesus. one of the things I forgot to tell you. You can. Yeah. It's like a PG-13 movie. You get one F-word. Okay. Well, I'm Canadian. You, you can so. get another one because you didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I. Uh, <laughs> this is like our our language is, is essentially American, except we just swear every three seconds. So uh, I like that. That's good. Maybe probably. It's, it's so funny. Like, I think you bring up such a valid point about where we are as like Internet, like not even necessarily like influencers, just like anything you post on the Internet ever. Yeah. You will be held accountable for. And some of it is good. Like. Some people post like really racist or terrible things yeah. and you're like, yeah, like you never apologized. It's still up. It's on your Twitter from, you know, 12 years ago. It's like that's a little bit iffy. But then some of this other stuff is like, oh, you called somebody gay, like the Kevin Hart situation. Mm. You you made a gay joke 
uh, as a comedian 15 years ago. So now this thing that you've worked your entire life to do, this hosting this show, you can't do that. You need to apologize again, even though you apologized a year ago and you're canceled. Yeah. It's like at some point we need to establish some way that people can come forward with their bad takes and be like, I said this, shouldn't have said it. Don't feel the same way now. Sorry about it. And then some forms of it are forgiven because if we don't do that, there's no way to actually like move forward as a person because anything that you've ever thought and posted, you're now responsible for. Yes. And I, I agree with you to an extent in the sense of like, of like people are ridiculous and they take it to extreme lengths. I don't think there even needs to be a process though, for people to come forward and apologize and acknowledge that they messed up because Mm. to be candid with you everybody messes up and if everybody like if everybody's apologizing about everything all the time we're not going to get anything done like i think i think honestly people just need to just like stop caring about this stuff like like who gives a crap if some random guy with a mustache from vancouver decides to say that he's a centrist (laughs) like why is it ruining your whole damn day like like oh you know uh kevin hart made a gay joke right who gives a shit did any like did any gay people die because of it did did like was there a catastrophe that happened did the world implode like no kevin kevin hart made a dumb joke everybody can see it's a dumb joke uh he probably doesn't like he probably feels bad about it so like who cares like who who really yeah you know what i mean and it's like there are things that are actually worth being canceled over um, that I think people don't yeah. get canceled over because they have too much. Um, they have like just too much of a protective ring around them. And mm-hmm. the people who end up getting canceled are the ones that are vulnerable to cancellation because they are intrinsically empathetic, soft, loving individuals who have simply made mistakes. The people who get canceled are the ones who don't actually deserve to get canceled because they're generally decent people. And it you need mm. to be able to... Um, you need to be able to be vulnerable enough to 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 be canceled by the mob because you can't be canceled if you don't want to, right? That is true. Right. Yeah, and you bring up a good point too. Like with the apology thing, if you look at who's been effectively canceled, it's always people that are accused of something or called out for something and then apologize. Yes. If you don't apologize, cancellation doesn't you, work. It's it's not effective. So it's this weird situation where like. I I agree with you partially because I think there are things that like it's legit to apologize for, but at the same time, like the people that would be apologizing are the people that don't feel that way anymore and that don't stand by what they said. Yeah. The people not apologizing are the ones who probably still feel like that. And then it's not effective. Yeah. Cause their, their following still protects them. Right. Yeah. Like I think a perfect example of this is the ex president. Like the man, like like he like Donald Trump has literally done and said some very fucked up shit, like some awful, yep. horrible things. And because he's never apologized for it, his audience, his fan base is still very like, yeah, get him, Donnie. Screw the libs. Right? right. And and because of that, he still has an extremely powerful base that he can wield and is still like the kingmaker of the Republican Party, even after he's been publicly humiliated and disgraced and ripped off the Internet and you know, been impeached twice and he's not president anymore, but yet he still has all of this power. And it's because he, he refuses to acknowledge his mistakes. 
and the people yeah. the people that actually do acknowledge him are the ones that do end up getting canceled because their base goes okay well we can't defend this guy anymore because he apologized and then the mob can eat them right it's the lower level people it's also too like some of these people and i think trump is a great example have so much charisma around them yeah. that the fan base i feel like gets so far away from what they might have supported him for and it's just like anything yeah and there's there's so many examples of this like it in a bunch of different situations but i think that that's a great example because of how much enthusiasm was around him yeah. as a leader and then the complete like lack of regard of some of the things that happen we see the same shit with with the democrats in the us uh with people like biden yeah. it was like you know biden has said some worse shit than trump in some occasions and then nothing and it's like it's interesting for me to talk to Trump supporters and Biden supporters about these dichotomies because it's like if you put them in a room together and you start reading off some of these like quotes that are like racist or like really terrible takes, sometimes they can't even tell like who said it. Yeah. They have no idea. And it's like, well, how do you feel about this? Well, I don't know who said it. So I don't like why does that matter? It shouldn't matter. What should matter is the content of what was said or what happened. But so many people look at like who the person is. Yes. And I'm like, that doesn't really matter at the end of the day, depending on what is being said. And it's just, I think another issue that we have, other than the polarization, uh, especially in the US, but I know as well in Canada, is people are so like willing to toe the party line that they forget any sort of common sense at all. Yeah. With anything. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm Democrat and like it seems like the Republicans are making a little bit more sense on this, but I'm never going to admit that. And I would absolutely never vote for a Republican because I'm a Democrat and the same way reverse, which causes so many issues because and I mean, I'm not a believer in the two party system, but I am a believer that you need two parties at least to run the country. Yeah. If only one party was doing it, it would be awful yeah. because different parties are better at different things. So it's just. We've got ourselves in such a mess because of all of the polarization. There's no bipartisanship. Anymore. No, which is why I rail against it. Like the, it's why I, I don't I'm not backing down. I refuse to back down. I don't care how many Maoists decide to stitch my videos and insinuate <laughs> that I am as evil as a fascist and that I also deserve to die. Like I don't care because re like realistically, People can say that I'm spineless and that I don't believe in anything. I believe in something. What I believe in is trying to preserve the liberal Western democracy that we've created. I, trying to preserve Canada, the United States, Europe, and by extension, other uh, other states that are similar to our, ourselves. And I believe that the best way to do that is to find a moderate approach that takes into consideration the goods and the bads of every single political party. And and what they hear is, oh, you're finding good in f f racism or something. And it's like, well, no, I reject, the, <laughs> I reject the racism, dumbass. I just think that small government is a good idea, which is why I, I, I'm okay with what the conservatives have to say on that. And I reject, um, I reject, you know, I don't know, like communism, but I still appreciate, you know, that, oh, you know what? Yeah, maybe some sort of public healthcare option is a good idea in the United States. Exactly. Like it, it's not, it's not, it's not rocket science. Like it's not a difficult concept to hold. But there's, and and you said it before. People are so entrenched in their camps that they ask the question, "Who said that?" Before they decide whether or not it's good or bad. That's 
which is terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. That's <laughs> awful. And I, I don't do that. And it, and I think people think that I'm a, I'm like a bad person because of it. But it's like, no, like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what to say beyond that. It's just so mind bogglingly irrational to, to, to look at somebody who, who says, yeah, well, maybe every, everybody has something valuable to offer to society. And for them to start screeching into the ether and suggest that only one group of people has anything valuable to to offer to society, I just it's so irrational and so stupid. I don't even know how to respond to it. It's tough too, right? Because like a lot of what I've been trying to do recently is uh, have conversations with people, especially that I would disagree with. So like, I don't believe in communism or socialism. Uh, but I'm, I have friends in DC and I'm dating a girl in DC. So it's much easier for me to come in contact with them. So like I'll meet them and I'll, I'll talk to them and I'll say like, you know, why do you, why do you feel this way? Or like ultra progressive, mm. uh, Democrats. And I'll say like, why, why do you feel this way? And why, why should we do things this way? And it's interesting because I think, uh, what I try and do is not let anybody know how I feel politically, which camp I align with more closely. Mm. And what I found is people generally end up agreeing with me on the basis of what we're talking about. Yeah. So like, I, and I'm somebody also that believes that like most people that feel themselves being like politically active or caring about things genuinely do care. Like they, they genuinely want similar things at the end of the day. So like you could take as controversial a topic as like abortion mm. and you could say at the end of the day, whether you're pro-life or pro-choice both groups want what's best for people. Mm. You can say that. 100%. I, I think I don't think that's controversial. Yeah. What happens though is then as you like start to run towards this goal, which is a good goal, like the best for people in the United States, let's say, what happens is the left goes, okay, well, the best for women. And the right goes, well, the best for unborn children. And then that's where you start to see that separation. Yeah. But that's the only thing that's focused on. Instead of saying, well, we agree that the way that we have things now where we're arguing constantly, it's legal in some places, it's illegal in other places, is bad. We should try and figure this out. If we started with what we agree on and try and find roads that make more people happy on both sides, we'd probably get more done. Yeah. But the problem is, is that nobody wants to compromise at all. And in the United States, just like it's similar in Canada in some places... We see this complete rejection of bipartisanship because it means always you're getting the raw deal. Because how could the person across the aisle ever want you to get anything and vice versa? So people end up saying, I don't want to compromise at all. I just want what I want and we're going to pass it through. And the way that we're going to get it done is when we're in power. And then when they're in power, we're going to have to deal with some of their stuff. So it's depending on who's in power yeah. in different places you get all of these wildly different policies that then get repealed or changed every decade. Yeah. And and it's a mess. It's terrible. Yeah, it's it's not working. Um it we have similar issues up here. Um I think the only thing that really is good though is the fact that I think most Canadians are fairly center left. So there's not as much mm -hmm. there's not as much um obvious infighting right so like even the conservative party of canada is neutral on abortion like their uh, their mm -hmm. position on abortion is essentially They're pretty moderate yeah like yeah we don't want to we don't want to regulate it we don't want to touch that subject um not interested and partially because 
political reasons, partially because some of them actually just, you know, do understand that it, it really is a lot more complex than a lot of people make it out to be. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, there are parts of that party that that aren't that way. We have a very strong evangelical conservative right in this country. Um, yeah, like, I saw that this week. I was looking into that. I thought that was so interesting. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 dude. Uh, um, so, uh, OK, well, uh, here's a little bit of a history lesson. So uh, there is uh, the Conservative Party of Canada currently is made up of two separate parties uh, that were kind of operating at the same time in the late 90s to early 2000s. One is the Progressive Conservatives and the other one is the Reform Party. The Progressive Conservatives are, of course, more progressive. The Reform Party is um, kind of this kind of um, hybrid of like evangelical Christian um, uh, conservatism and uh, kind of this Thatcher-esque, Reagan-esque, you know, free market capitalism um, mm-hmm. neoconservatism and sure. um, the two parties ended up merging uh, in like the early 2000s because the progressive conservative party which was kind of the dominant conservative party in the country imploded like they they went from a from a minority government to only having two seats in the house of commons in one election wow. they went from ha- they went from having like a government to having two seats in one election and the reform party ended up picking up yeah. a lot of seats right so they ended up merging together and they created the Conservative Party of Canada, which is just this blanket party, which is made up of a big tent party made up of a bunch of different little factions. The problem is, is that mm-hmm. since Stephen Harper is no longer the leader of the party, these factions have kind of been drifting apart because he was the one kind of holding them all together. Interesting. And now that we're okay. seeing a lot of more infighting and, you know, people are arguing more about these topics and you've got the evangelical right arguing with the progressives, you've got the, the Reaganomics guys arguing with you know, every and they're all just like fighting each other um, internally, and it's it's interesting to watch because it's like, um, the the one core principle together is this concept of like, of um, we want smaller government, we want freedom for everybody, and we just want people to be left the hell alone is not a unifying enough yeah. thing anymore. Um, interesting. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to see how it goes. There's one there's one guy running. Because right now we're in a leadership race for the Conservative Party. There's one guy running for leadership uh, named Pierre Polyev, who I think really could bring the party back together um, because he, mm-hmm. he can play to all of these different factions pretty well. Um, the question is, is, is he going to be able to win an election? And I don't know. But right. I do think he could bring the party back together at least. So That would be interesting to see. And I think like Americans get so little of this, like speaking as a general, like average white American, like I get very little of this because American politics, as far as I'm aware in the research that I've done is like basically a soap opera that plays around the world and everyone kind of knows what's going on in the U S and some places like I have friends in the UK that know more politics in the U S than like I do. Like I consider myself pretty, uh, pretty, politically like up to date um but it's so interesting to look at the other systems of other countries because depending on the country like it's just as important like these are some massive countries with with giant gdps and that affect you know things on a global scale but i think it's because the u.s politics has always been so dramatic Mm. and especially in the last decade it's been so like fierce it's just it's like fear porn around the world it's like 
well, what's going on now in the U.S. politics? Well, we also <laughs> have to know about it. I mean, as a Canadian, I have to know what's happening down in America because it's like sleeping next to an elephant. Like, if, yeah. like that's a Pierre, that's a Pierre Trudeau quote. Um, which, by the way, I was talking to someone American recently that didn't realize that Justin Trudeau is the son of another prime minister named Pierre Trudeau, and that blew my mind that yep. people didn't know that. And I was like, what? Really? How do you not know that? Anyway, um, Pierre Trudeau, um, he said, uh, uh, yeah, living next to America is like sleeping next to an elephant. Uh, no matter how peaceful it is, every time it twitches and grunts, you feel it. Yeah. Wow. That's a yeah. great quote. So we we have to know. We have to know what's going on. And, um, you know, I'm a very big believer in the concept of, um, you know, this Pax Americana, similar to the Pax Romana, or the Pax Britannica or whatever the hell it is. Uh, you know, the American <laughs> peace, uh, the idea that the world has been as stable and peaceful as it has been because America is the preeminent civilization, military power of the world. It is the Roman Empire. It is the modern current. Ro you are a Roman right. citizen. Congratulations. And um, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good <laughs> it depends on where we are in the uh, in the empire. Yeah, I, su I suppose. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I don't see any reason as to believe that America is going to dissolve anytime soon. Right. The Roman Empire lasted for a long time and it had its golden ages and its dark ages and it had its civil wars and its infighting. And like America is going to do fine. I'm more I'm more concerned about Canada breaking apart than I am America at this point. Canada is really yeah. interesting recently. And I think that's why I've gotten kind of into the politics just a little bit. Um, and I think a lot of it is to do with Trudeau. You've got this like this playboy looking like guy who runs yep. around and he's like a woman, not a man. And uh, then, you know, he's exposed for like blackface when he was in like he's just this crazy yeah. like character that I feel like people get swept up with. Uh, there's all the controversy around him being Castro's yep. son. And then you do like the picture comparison. You're like, holy shit. They <laughs> like, look exactly the same no way. Yeah. Right. And then and then uh, what was the other thing? Uh, his parents were traveling and they like hit up Cuba during that time. But like it's not super recorded. And then they were known for being yep. swingers. And it's like he's just this crazy character that half the time he just comes off as this very liberal guy that's like just pushing for liberal policies. And then the other half of the time He's just saying the most random outlandish yeah. shit, but it doesn't get as much attention because he's not an American. Politician. Yeah. And he's also the he's on the right side of the aisle. Which yeah. is insane, because like most right wing people in the United States would be like, that is the most liberal Sorry, man I've ever when seen. When I say right life. side of the aisle, I mean, he's he's on the correct side of the aisle. I mean, like he's um, he is the guy that that um, liberals see as like the uh, the anti Trump. So he gets a pass. Yes. That's what I meant by that. Right. Which, by the way, Justin Trudeau and Donald Trump, same person. I have this theory. Nobody. Interesting yeah, take. Okay. So they're okay. the same person. They're both from. They're both from family money. They both ran on popular names. Uh, both of them uh, were are unqualified for the position. Uh, both of them have this very strong yes. um, populist base that defends them. Trudeau supporters are some of the craziest fucking people on the planet. They're nuts, bro. We don't They're hear about them. Crazy. We never hear about them in and the it's US. It's so like it's infuriating because you've got like you've got you know how Donald Trump had people who voted for him, but they're like, oh, I voted for Trump, but like you know whatever, like I don't care. It's just I just yes. voted for him because I preferred the guy. We well, there's segments, right? You've got you've got the people who are really really enthused yes. about him. You've got the people who are like, 
I think this is the best option. I like him. I don't support all of his stuff. Then it's, uh, I, I voted for him. I think some of it's okay. And then the people who are like, I really don't know, but it was the last effort yeah. that I had. I, I feel like those better are than Hillary. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yep. uh, Trudeau has a similar base to, to him. We're like, we're, and they're just so insane. Like they're in his comment sections on Twitter and they're like posting images of him, like, like in these like glorious positions. And it's just like, it's like, Oh, Trudeau is the savior <laughs> and protector of Canada, keeping us safe from the American imperialists. Oh and like, just like, what it the just fuck? like, like when you find them on the street and you're like, Oh, I don't like Trudeau. And they just like get heated and they're just so angry. They're like, why, why don't you like him? What are you an American? Are you, are you like a fan of America? Would you, do you want their healthcare system here? It's like, Holy shit, bro. Chill the hell out. Oh my Like, gosh. I just don't like that. He did blackface three times. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Like it wasn't, you know, and like they're, they're, they're usually, uh, they're usually like in their fifties, you know, they're usually an older crowd. Yeah. Cause this, the thing it's like Canadian nationalism is anti-Americanism. That's what it is. So if you're a Canadian nationalist, you're anti-America because our nationalism is in contrast to America. That's why can Canadians have such a weird, um, younger brother syndrome, kind of this this resentment towards Americans because oh. we're, you guys are like a bigger, cooler version of us. Right. It's like, you know, like I've never thought yeah. about it that way. So, so that's so interesting. There's, um, it's been like documented throughout like our history politically that like, um, if, uh, if, uh, you know, if the greatest way to take down a political opponent is to insinuate that, um, they're pro America. This is the greatest way. That's insane. Was, they're pro. They're pro. Their biggest ally that yes. they share an entire yeah. border with. Yeah, it's it's like oh, you're trying to make this place like more American, eh? You you're pro America, like oh, interesting, really. And it's I'm trying to compare it to like U.S. and something because like I feel like the nationalists in the United States, you've got like your fringe groups yeah. obviously that are like nationalist, and then also it gets into like supremacy, yeah. but then. I feel like most of the nationalists in the country are just like America is the best. And and there's a lot of people that I feel like fit into that yeah. category and would identify as nationalists if it wasn't seen as like a negative thing by like, I feel like most of the left, but I can't ever see a nationalist being like, uh, like, Oh, like they're a pro Canadian, uh, politician yeah. because we just don't think about it that much. Or like you're a pro Mexican politician, like who yeah. gives a shit? We Who don't cares? Care. Yeah, that's because so you're not you don't have this inferiority complex where it's like you'll hear it all the time. And that's such a perfect <sighs> representation. American nationalists, their phrase is America is the best Canadian nationalists. Their phrase is Canada is better than America. Damn, you're blowing yeah. my mind. This is crazy. I've never thought about really? it like that. Damn. Yeah, okay. we we just like it's kind of like we don't get exposed to like your politics. We don't get exposed to like most of the Canadian like fringes yeah. too, like the Canadian nationalists. So like we have no, at least from someone like I'm speaking generally here, but like I'm someone that's decently politically mm. active. I look into things. I have no knowledge of any sort of thing like that. We know that like, especially like with the UK, there's definitely that complex. It's not even inferiority. It's inferiority. And there's definitely some saltiness still that yeah. we left. And it's like, we, 
we left. You guys weren't cool enough. We're over here. We're much cooler. We've, we can own guns. We can do things. And then there's this meme, of course, that you've seen going around TikTok where it's like, well, at least our schools aren't shooting right. It's literally my favorite meme. My girlfriend's from England and I showed it to her and her sister and both of them were like upset about it. They're like, I don't think that's funny. But I was like, it's objectively hilarious. That makes it yeah. so much better. Yes. A thousand percent. That is so yeah. interesting. The So I think the exposure to Canadian politics, the biggest moment, at least as of late, other than all the Trudeau bullshit uh, for Americans with Canadian politics would be the yeah. truckers. Because uh, it was so interesting here, too, because we we had the truckers as well, but they weren't as disruptive. They weren't like parking in bad. They were in some places, but it wasn't as destructive. Yeah. Plus, you guys had it first. Yeah, we started so like as, as someone that's in. Yeah, you did. Yeah. And as someone that's in D.C. all the time, like I saw the preparations being made to like block them if they were trying to come into the city, like they had big salt mm. trucks that they were going to park in front of the con, like all that stuff. So we kind of had like that warning. But it was interesting because most of the people on the right in this country were like, yeah, like we totally support the truckers because it's a vaccine liberty issue. And then most of the people on the left were like wishy-washy about it half of the left was like yeah like we don't necessarily agree with that but they're also like they help run our country they're very important and then i was trying to convince a bunch of communists like like they're kind of fighting for the means of production because it includes transportation yeah. so like this is a working saying, class like, revolt. i know how you feel about the vaccine but yeah and it, it was so interesting but um like what was kind of the reaction would you say from like a more center or politically homeless person in Canada about Oh America. god. Um I know it's tough to kind of answer for that whole So section, I but. think for a lot of the politically homeless people it was I understand what they're doing and I think I support it to an extent but um this has gone too far. And Canadians really yeah. um prioritize order. Right. So your okay. guys is um, your guys is uh, see the Declaration of Independence or the uh, Constitution. I don't remember which one, but it's, uh, you know, uh, life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Right. Right. For us, it's. Um, oh, God, what is it? It's uh, uh, it's I think it's something like safety, order and good governance. Yeah. Interesting. So once again, so these these two. Wow. Core yeah, different principles that really emphasize kind of the Canadian and American experience. It's why I've always identified more American. And you'll notice that with British Columbians, British Columbians are a weird group of people because our heritage is very closely connected to Washington's. Um, like our city of Vancouver was founded because of the city of Vancouver in Washington. So like, yeah, really? so the city of Vancouver in Washington existed kind of as kind of this like nice area where it's kind of like it's progressive and it's cool and it's whatever and Americans live there Canadians live there and then um when they were drawing up the 49th parallel and they were going to be cutting everything off um the people who lived in that part and in, in that Vancouver said we don't want to be a part of this American experiment because like you know we want to be able to do the things that we want to do so they just packed up and moved north and then they just <laughs> and then they just city of Vancouver in BC like um yeah, Damn. there's probably more that goes into it, but um, that's kind of like there's this very close connectivity between the two of us, right? And um, right. 
so you'll notice a lot of British Columbians have very like American identities. Like it's 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 like BC and then Toronto are like the two parts of Canada where people are like they're the most American there. But um, wow. back to your original. Oh, go that, on. I was just gonna say like that. Uh, you said it was safety, good governance, and uh, yeah, safety, order? order, and good governance. I think it's safety. It might be something else, but I know it's order and good governance. Okay, because. I think that's probably why Canada leans more like global politics more yes. left is because and America definitely leans depending on where you are. It's more libertarian plus yeah. right wing is because Americans value more freedom, the ability to make your own decisions yep. and to pursue happiness. Right. Canadians, I would say on the whole, like you just said value more of that safety and it's always that freedom versus yes. safety which came into play a lot with covid because a lot of americans response was i want my freedom and maybe the price for my freedom is safety but i'd much rather have the yeah. freedom and then canada's response largely i think it was a lot easier for you guys with the pandemic because it was like yeah like we value we're our willing safety. to give up our freedoms this for is it. really important yeah right which is such an interesting disconnect and, and the right and left in the United States had that disconnect because the left usually values that safety and the principles of order and things yeah. like that more often than the right who would like things to be a little bit freer to make your own choices, things like that, depending mm. on the issue. Right. Which is always the, the uh, interesting thing about the right and left, but that that's like the perfect way to describe like the average Canadians feelings and the average yeah. Americans feelings is the freedom versus safety. That's a great way. Which to break it is down. why um, the the average response to the trucker protest was, I appreciate what they're doing, um, but they've yes. gone too far. And there was a poll that came out and I think it was um, they asked, um, do you support the use of the Emergencies Act? And 60 percent of Canadians said yes. 30 percent said no. Do you support freezing people's bank accounts? 60 percent said yes. 30 percent said no. Do you support using the police to clear out Ottawa? 60% said yes, 30% said no. So it's, there's, yeah. Damn. And it it wasn't, it wasn't like, I watched those live streams, um, the police that they brought in. So the Ottawa police department was essentially just not following up. Like they weren't, they weren't following their rules. It was a great like expression of rebellion that you don't see from Canada very often where yeah. truckers drove all the way from BC to Ottawa, from the East coast to Ottawa, they parked. They, they shut down the city. It was the first day. There was probably like 10,000, 15,000 people there, which is like pretty big for a Canadian protest. Um, when the city tried clearing out the truckers, they would call these tow trucks that specifically are designed to deal with truckers. And the tow truckers would respond with, We're, we can't move those trucks. We're sick. Yes. I heard that. Right. Yeah. And when the police were being told to clear people out, some of them tried. Other ones would be walking around, you know, handing out information, helping parents get things done. Like they were, they were, they weren't following orders. Right. Um, the RCMP, the the provincial or the the federal police in certain areas, like um, at the Coots border crossing in Alberta, weren't were sometimes they would be following the orders and sometimes they weren't. And there was a video that went viral where, when the truckers ended up deciding to clear out of the Alberta crossing the police officers that were there were hugging them and like saying goodbye. And like they were all teary eyed and everybody was being, Damn. so it was this great moment of Canadian unity. And of course the federal government can't have that uh, because it makes Trudeau look like a 
like a baby. Um, and then he comes out and he says they're racists, yes. they're homophobes. We can't tolerate and this anymore. They are yes, and of course Canadians eat that shit up. And then he goes away to his yeah. cabin, <laughs> goes into hiding. <laughs> he like is yeah. Um, and 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 you know they called in a, they called in a very specific group of police officers from somewhere in Quebec. I think it might have been Montreal um, that are known for being riot police. That uh, uh, you if you want to know anything about the craziness of Canadian police. Um, the Montreal police force is just known for cracking skulls. Like they don't, they are indiscriminate. They don't oh give a gosh. shit. And they pulled those guys specifically from Quebec to Ottawa. I think they took off their badges and their patches so they couldn't be identified. And then they cleared the truckers out. Bro. Like it was, it was brutal. That's terrible. Yeah. Uh, that's insane. I want to get back to some of what you were getting canceled for because, uh, one point in particular I thought was really interesting that um, it's been talked about on a bunch of different podcasts, kind of like similar. Um, and I'm going to relate it to like censorship, but you made a point that, uh, and, and I'll say it more broadly, but essentially the people on both sides of the aisle, especially in the United States that are so harsh to others because of their differing viewpoints are actively creating the alt and fringe extremist yes. groups on the side mm. that they hate. Because that's their reaction. And so many people got so upset with you and were like, that doesn't make any sense and proved your point because you weren't even coming out as like, let's say like it was a right wing person. You weren't even coming out as a left wing person. And and I remember one of your TikToks was like, I I like guns, uh, but I believe, you know, we should have something with help. Like it was like both sides back and forth. And you can't place somebody yeah. like that. And it's interesting because I think they came after you harder because you weren't it wasn't as easy to be like oh you're right wing so yeah. you're fascist it was like you're you don't believe in left wing ideals but you say that you're like centrist but then i'm only going to focus on your right wing ideals and now yeah. you're this or vice versa and and i think it's so true and something that's been talked about a lot um in terms of censorship is when you go after particular groups and in the united states typically it's conservatives that are getting censored on social media or banned you're actively creating an alt-right because if you take somebody, let's say they post something racist, like um, I'll use a, a non-popular racist uh, expression here so I don't get canceled or clipped. But let's say somebody comes out and says, uh, I think all white people are, um, you know, they're muggers and they're terrible yeah. people and rapists, right? You can say that on Twitter right now and you're actually fine, but I'm using that as an example so I don't get clipped. So if you yeah. took that and you took that person and you banned them off of Twitter and you said that's not acceptable, whatever, that person's not going to take that opinion about white people and like sit on it and be like, you know, I think I got banned for a good reason. Mm. And I think, you know, this proves that I was wrong and I, I should really think about what I do in the future. No. Hell no. What that does is it tells that person Oh, you were banned because you were speaking yes. the truth. That's the that's what's like led up around that. And then they go seeking other people who are saying similar things on sites that aren't censored at all. And then they find these yeah. fringe groups and then they become more extremist. And so what they're finding, and I think Vice had a good article, a rare good article about this recently, where they were talking about the censorship directly feeding into the alt-right. But uh, always the expression, you get more bees with honey than you do yeah. with vinegar. If you meet somebody where they are and they say, we disagree, but like, let's talk about it. Let's figure out where we agree. 
it's much more likely that you convince them out of their maybe extremist beliefs or the beginnings of those versus if you come at them and you're like, you believe this, so you're terrible, you're a bad person, and that's the wrong thing to believe, you're always going to turn them away and you're never going to get yeah. them on your side. Yeah, and it's it's an unfortunate reality. I also like how you said I was being canceled. I didn't even realize I was being canceled. That's funny. Um, I, oh, that's, yeah. uh, I'm in the midst <laughs> of being canceled, baby. Let's go. <laughs> you gave so little of a shit you didn't yeah i i it's so funny i was i was literally at a hockey game and i was like looking at my stitches and duets i was watching the canucks like slap the dallas stars in the face and i i was uh i was sitting there and i was like looking at my stitches and people like going off i'm like oh that's funny and then i like put my phone away and i was just like watching the game happy my some some guy came up he's like hey, i love your tiktoks i'm like thanks man like that's really cool and like um and and it's just, yeah, I guess, I guess I am cool. Fuck. All right. Cool. Um, <laughs> sick. I'm, it'll be over in a few days. Uh, yeah, I am. That is my big thesis. And I think it's funny because you, you are correct. They proved my point because like they started making as many ad hoc arguments as they could, just like pulling them out of their ass to be able to justify how yep. they're the correct ones and they are capable of committing no crimes. And it's like, well, if someone says something mean to you and you decide to join the alt-right, you must have always been a racist. And it's like, well, no, that that doesn't make any sense because um, <laughs> because tribalism is a very interesting thing. Like, I can have no ill will towards a group of people, but that group of people will hurt me and suddenly I have ill will towards them. doesn't mean that I was always racist. It right. means... And I'm not saying that I am racist, but what I'm saying is it it means that there there is a catalyst that forces people to be that way. There's a reason why black people in America don't like white people. Right? There right. is. There's a justifiable yeah. reason as to why black people are often uncomfortable with white people in America. And to that same point, there's also a justifiable and uncomfortable reason as to why white people are uncomfortable with other people of color and minority groups because there is clashes that happen between them. There's There's unfortunate things that happen that each each group of people hurt each other and yeah and those people go well i don't like that i'm going to find solace and solidarity in my group and the problem right. is is that for the left they see it as well there's hierarchies of oppression you can't be racist if you're if you are the oppressed or you can't be racist if you are oppressed you know like your sin is worse than my sin and i i look at that and i go okay well even in your framework sure you might have a point but where's the utility of it because your your framework right. hasn't how does that extract yes there out? is no value in your framework because now you're just now you're just you're making this 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 situation where it's it's either you're with the oppressed or you are the oppressor and if you don't join us you are the oppressor but you're not giving them a carrot you're hitting them with a stick so you're creating right. a world of oppressors now you're 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 attacking these people who could have potentially been your allies, your friends, people who would be willing to work with you if you just gave them a little bit of empathy and kindness. And instead, you decided to hit them with a stick and say, well, if you don't listen to us, if you don't if you don't join our side, you're the oppressor. So we'll only stop hitting you with the stick if you listen to us. And like yep. I'd say 50 percent of people are going to go Fuck you. Uh, I guess I'm the oppressor now. Bye. And they're. Right, because that's the only option. Yeah, it's given. either it's either join the people who've been bullying you, or go to the people who haven't been bullying you. <laughs> right, right. And and sometimes, to your credit, 
those people are are still not good people. They just haven't been yeah. shitty to you. So you're like, of course I would go over here. Like, uh, regardless of what they believe, and like I, I might not know all the things that they believe, and they might be extremist, they weren't yeah. mean to me. So why would I go to the people that are mean, even if maybe they're more right in some yeah, cases? Yeah, and the, pro- the, the thing that's so insidious about it is that it's nothing more than a power grab. And I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. I'm just giving myself a few days break to give myself some mental health break before i'm not done i'm going back in like i'm i'm i want to talk about this hell yeah um this is nothing more than a power grab the people who perpetuate these things like that perpetuate these um these political philosophies are doing nothing more than attempting to power grab it's like it's like internal gang like conflicts inside of a prison right the white people can only sit with the white people the black people can only sit with the black people the hispanics with the hispanics whatever right and if you try and go outside of your group the people inside of your group will attack you and the people outside of your group will attack you. And it's a similar situation. Yep. And that's how these groups are cont- are capable of maintaining power structures inside of this, of this prison. Right. So if a group of people, let's say like 10 of them decided, you know what, I, I'm not going to live by this racial code anymore. I'm going to hang out with who I want to hang out with. And they are capable of maintaining that position. More people might start showing up and you might have this, this, uh, this decentralization of power from these main groups and it's a similar situation so they have exactly and there's this similar situation in in american canadian western politics where you know the alt the control left as they're called the alt-right the you know the extremists and all these different sides don't want people to just get along because if people get along these people lose their power structures they're no longer capable of being yep. in control of whatever narrative they want to be in control of. They don't get to be a part. They don't get to make decisions, big decisions anymore. And here is, here is the secret, the secret that nobody says out loud that I I'm, I'm going to say, um, let's hear it. Nine times out of 10, the people who adopt these philosophies and try and position themselves as leaders in these political philosophies are unfortunately people who cannot compete in traditional settings and who are a lot of times I'm going to use a mean word rejects. Right. And it's true for the, 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 yeah. the right and the left, right? It's, 100%. it's these people who, who don't feel like they are capable of, 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 you know, they don't feel good about themselves. They can't be these self-assured, self-actualized, Um, powerful people in and of themselves. So they adopt these political philosophies so that they can find some level of power and use it to make themselves feel better. 100%. And it's, it's like uh, the Maslow hierarchy needs, right? They have a need lower down acceptance that's not being met because either they've done something or they identify as something that's not accepted. And then they've faced, uh, you know, discourse with that or pushback. And then they say, okay, well, I can't hit the self-actualization, so I'm going to join other people who feel the same way, and then that's how you get your fringe groups. And by the way, the interesting thing, too, is when you look at the people in these groups that are, like, they'll go to protests and they're, like, uh, they're throwing concrete on people, they're beating people up. It's happening on the right and the left in the United States. They're all, like, shitty people. If you look into their backgrounds or, like, who they are... None of these are like good people, but the funny thing is that people on both sides will still try and defend these people. Yeah, because 
They're like, well, they're not as bad as yes. the other side. And it's like, no, 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 no. The argument should be they're pushed to the fringes because they have shitty yeah. opinions and they were treated like shit and they don't have self-actualization. They make terrible yeah. decisions at that point. Then they're violent and they're cruel. The argument should be these people suck. We need less of these people across the board, not, well, I'm right wing, so Antifa's worse than the alt-right, or I'm left wing, so the alt-right is way worse than Antifa. Like, that's that's a moot point. It doesn't yeah. matter. The The thing that matters most is these people have been pushed to the fringes for a variety of reasons, and, and a lot of it is being met with cruelty and harsh words when they have an opinion that's not correct, Yeah. right? Instead of, hey, we'd love to have you over here, but that's not an acceptable yeah. opinion. Nobody believes that. That's not a yeah. good thing to believe. Let's talk about why. It's F you, you're terrible, and you're awful. So people who have already felt depressed or rejected, they feel that even more. And then they're pushed even further and further to the sides until they go to the protests and they're bashing people's yep. skulls in or they're throwing concrete yeah. on people. And it it sucks. It really, really sucks because, you know, like these people like i don't like them i don't like them but i want what's best for them like i i don't i i yeah. i it's sad seeing like when they do those mug shots and it's like these antifa guys and it's like you can tell like they have drug addictions and their hair is like all like falling out and they look a lot of issues you know they're not attractive like they 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 probably they're people right. who have fallen to the wayside because because they 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 just they they <laughs> they're they're not breedable. Like, 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 you know, like that's such a that's a scary point, though, because I don't know if you've seen, but there's uh, these TikTok accounts that have been going around and posting mugshots of yeah. sex offenders from different cities. I, I have this weird theory. They always, always, always have some sort of physical yeah. defect or they are objectively yeah. ugly. And because of this, this feeling that nobody will ever love them or find them attractive. That's why they go and then commit yes. these things. So just like you're saying, there's people with issues, and instead of being met with kindness and trying to help them, they're met with harshity or, or yeah. harshness and and tough words and things like that. And then it's way well, off. To especially the side. sometimes, I mean, specific with with like pedophiles and stuff. A lot of the time, it is arrested development as well. So either like they had been, you know, molested or raped right. as a child, and then um, they they only find children attractive now because of it, or um, you know, as a kid, they had they were so unattractive that they were rejected constantly by women in that age group. And there's this sense of like, you know, like, like I these are the girls that I need to try and get because, you know, I could never get them like because I wasn't yeah. able to back then. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of different like there's a lot of different um, reasons as to why people end up like this as adults. And oftentimes it stems from a lot of uncomfortable the unprocessed pain and trauma from childhood that they are now acting out as adults. So like unconsciously. Um, and, and you know, it's why like my whole, my whole worldview and my whole thesis is stop being a dick to people. Be nice. <laughs> it's the only way we're going to move forward. Like, like you know, yep. um, so, but Hey, you know, someone's got to take the heat. So that's what I'll do. It's what I do best. There you go. Uh, well, this has been a fantastic conversation. I look forward to uh, to continuing it in the future and and all of your TikToks. Where is the uh, best place people can find uh, your stuff? What kind of stuff are we talking about? Of course, the TikToks. 
and then uh, some of your. So if you want to follow me on social medias, it's I am Robin Skies on everything Instagram uh, and TikTok. Um, my music is uh, on all streaming services. R O B I N S K I E S. Um, and then if you uh, if you want to work with me, like if you're a musician or um, you know you want to you you want to work with a mixing engineer, uh, I also have a website, just RobinSkies.com. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming on. This is a great conversation. And uh, yeah, I look forward to talking. Thank you. Guys, if you want to check out uh, some other episodes, you can go to totspodcast.com. We are also on social media. Been doing really well on TikTok. Uh, If you want to follow us there or on Instagram where we post all of our updates, it's at totscast. And I'll see you next time.